Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite, the day after the dynamite. And welcome to another edition of Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington, and I'm not alone here. I'm never alone here. Don't even know why I say that, because there's always going to be somebody here. And the person here with me this time is somebody that you're kind of used to seeing me with a lot lately, because... uh, I co-host the show with her every Sunday, and then I'm doing the Raw post-show with her next Monday, but uh, she is frenemy of the show, Miss Denise Salcedo. How am I a frenemy of the show if technically we're seeing each other each and every single week, Will? I don't know. That's what a frenemy is. I don't know if I'm a frenemy. You know, Uh, I need a new title, Will. All right, fine. But anyways, happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here on Day After Dynamite. This is your second appearance on Day After Dynamite. First, as a part of the main Fightful channel. Yeah, exactly. I'm so excited. And I feel like this is going to give people a preview of what they can expect from our show as well, especially if they haven't seen us together uh, just yet. That's true, right? Because if you haven't seen the two of us, uh, usually our faces are swapped on the other sides and then she's doing the majority of I'm going to try to get into your shot, Lil. (laughs) And she's usually doing the the hosting and talking and stuff, but we also do have a show every Sunday after the week. Uh, If you haven't checked that out, what are you doing? Go check out After the Week, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. But this is Day After Dynamite. And here on Day After Dynamite, we talk about things that happened on Dynamite. And you know... Dang, I came in here thinking we were talking about NXT. Yeah, well... That would probably be far less eventful. So the fun thing about this show is somehow over the last couple of months, it has really been eventful on Thursdays. There's usually just a lot to talk about and stuff to give updates on and bring updates on. And that's what we're going to be doing here uh, because there's some elephants in the room that are going to be addressed shortly. 
Uh, first, I do want to let you know that uh, make sure that you're supporting what we're doing here um, here at Fightful and just me and Denise in general. Uh, if you head on over to youtube.com slash Fightful where you're watching the show, you can leave us a super chat. Also, leave us a humper chat, humperchats.com. Um, you can leave pretty much any time. And you know what? We're getting our weekly cameo. Uh, I just see popping in at the bottom well, because, because the freshly married Jeremy Lambert is here. You know what, Jeremy? I did something for you this week, oh, by the way. What's that? Are you ready for it? Yes. I'm All right. This is my wedding gift to you. Uh, don't don't be too scared because this is a monumental thing here on Day After Dynamite, and I'm just now realizing I didn't save it. So give me go, three, three seconds. Ball dropped. Right. Ball dropped. No, okay. Ready? I got you something. Something brand new. Ready? Ready? And ready. oh, look wow. at that! Wow. <laughs> you get to see your whole face now that you're married. The whole face can be shown. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad I you're did off that. the market now, Jeremy. I did it uh, just for you. Look at that. You uh, could this, actually this, this would have ruined things if I if I was still on the market. You know, I look awful. My face is all broke out and shit. Just looking terrible. Denise Alcedo, how are you? I'm doing good. How is married life? It's about the same as normal life, except I have this ring on my finger now. So that's about the only difference. Oh, wait till you have the ready for it. All right, if you can see, look at that tan line. Oh, that. no, see this, I got this silicone on right now, uh -huh. the silicone one, because, you know, I'm banging at the keyboard all day and my fingers swell up. You have a big tung tungsten ring on there. Do doesn't feel good on the fingers. So Wait, the hold on. One. So we're all married here, BTW. Yeah. Yes. It's official. Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> all right, look at us. We're just look, not look married to each other. Look Let me us. rephrase yes. that. We're all married <laughs> just to different people. <laughs> No, I'm married to Will every Thursday, it feels like. You just come in and ruin things for him. <laughs> hey, but send us your Super Chats and Hupper Chats. We want those. YouTube.com slash Fightful is where you can send us your Super Chats. We bring those up on the screen, but we also bring your Hupper Chats up on the screen. The benefits of the Hupper Chats, by the way, are that, one, you can send those at any time. Make sure you're identifying what show those are for because uh, it's, it's helpful if you sent those on off hours. But uh, those also... We get a bigger cut of those, so uh, definitely make sure you're sending your Humper Chats if you get the opportunity, and we'll make sure to grab those and bring those up on the screen. But we like your Super Chats, too. Any way you want to support this show. Just tell you everybody, you're it. like, I'm doing commission with the Humper Chaps. Humper Chats. Humper Chaps. I always say Humper Chaps. Get <laughs> them in there. Chaps? Make sure you put Will's name on it. Yeah. No, yeah I, I mean, you know Chaps. All the money. Like Chaps. I don't know. Like Chapstick. <laughs> Dumper but Chaps. Look, there there are ones that like arrive on Friday nights where I'm not sure if they're for uh, basically Friday post shows or if they were for Grapsity. I don't know. So it would help uh, if if they're identified. And for the most part, people are good about that. If they send them in off hours, they usually say, "Hey, for Dad." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm, I assume they meant me and not like this was a message to go to my father. Please come home." But. Uh, <laughs> Who is uh, his fa way. father on on the fight? Palowski is. I'm a stepfather. Uh, anybody else? The father. That's official the now, staff? by the way. Yeah, that's that's officially official. The the stepdad. 
Uh, Denise Salcedo saw me dancing with the kids, dancing to some, some Taylor Swift once. Uh, I saw I saw you just like it was so weird, like seeing you be like in this mode that I've never seen you in. You know, like I <laughs> seen you outside of you know this, seeing you like be out there, be like loving. I love your mom, by the way. I'm obsessed with your mom. Your mom and My your dad great. are freaking amazing. <laughs> like I like wanted to be adopted by them. I love that. <laughs> Your dad was so awesome. He was just like, he was throwing shots at you, but like funny ones, they were it. great. And then it. your mom was just like the sweetest. It's my parents' birthday today. So everybody wish, it's both, they have the same birthday. My parents have the same I was going to say, how did that birthday. happen? Did they yes. like get Not married the same year. just take each other's birthdays? Okay. Yeah, they, yeah. When they got married, they just combined birthdays as well. They're like, yeah, just make it all Everybody easy. say happy birthday to my parents. They share the same birthday. They share the same anniversary. Uh, yes, my parents are great. Happy birthday to Jeremy's parents. Thank you. They will appreciate hearing that. I'm going to leave. I, I am here. I've overstayed my time. I have to. Will, this is the, the best thing. It's the best gift ever. <laughs> it, the only thing that tops it is Denise Salcedo's card. When I saw it, I was like, and then that's from. I went. Okay. So for those of you who do not know, I went Taylor Swift crazy and just yes. put a bunch of Taylor Swift stickers on it. So we were, we were opening the cards and like, uh, every other order so i'd open one she'd open one i and that was technically supposed to be her card to open but i saw it and i'm like no no i know who this is from i am opening it so i got to open that one yes but thank you guys thank you denise for showing up it was great meeting uh your husband it was great meeting him at the at the wedding as well he does exist by the way yeah everyone thinks he doesn't exist he's like non-existent no one ever (laughs) sees him i'm just married to myself from the internet perspective. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Well now uh, we have another one. Oh, come on. <laughs> Sean, you always do this. You have FOMO. What? Show up to work? This is technically not your show. Ah. ah. I mean, I, I've been on it almost as much as Will has at this point. Yeah, he's always got the Thursday updates now. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so we'll let Jeremy peace out because Sean gets right. to that experience now having a face in the middle. Look oh, at nice. that. Look, see, he he's like not blocked anymore. Earlier. <laughs> like a little kid, like, hey, I want to come out on the show. I'm right here. <laughs> so what's the update, Sean? We're getting the baby face clap going. What, what updates? I don't know anything. No, nothing. Nothing you could bring us uh, today. I mean, there, there's, I mean, okay, I saw the... The F4W thing where they're like, where they had confirmed that Bandito had signed yesterday. Then today they're like, whoa, 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 no. So our report was never that he signed. It's that he agreed to terms. And he had told some people close to him, yeah, I'm headed to AEW. And that was last week. Uh, we cannot confirm that he's put pen to paper. And that's why we say agreed to terms. I don't believe the WWE deal is like a new thing. I know people were like, oh, well, as soon as he was on Dynamite, they got his number. They know who Bandito is. Like, he was ROH world champion, obviously. But, um, yeah, there's that, that's that's a thing. And then, obviously, Andrade just being like, hey, hey, hold on a second. <laughs> Which so, is pretty much what I heard happened. I, I spent the whole evening. I missed a lot of the main event. I had to go back and watch it literally just like 20 minutes ago because all of a sudden I'm just texting with people back and forth about what's going on. You know, why is Sammy on the show? And you know what? I have answers to that. Um, and 
then I, I had a couple of texts with people who played oblivious to it all and were like, what are you talking about? This yeah. is a great dynamite. Um, that was probably my my favorite of the How DC is Tony movie. doing? <laughs> <laughs> it was a great dynamite. Make sure to tune into Rampage tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's either way. We got stuff. There's stuff. There's there's a lot to talk about from last night's Dynamite. But overall, especially if you remove anything you knew about the show going into it or coming out of it, I thought it was a great show. I thought that just bell-to-bell-wise, it was very good. Um, Me too. And we're going to talk about a lot of that. Oh, no, Sean's face no, did a thing. I, I just watched a, a t- a video that Alexis Cardoza posted of a dude trying to flip off of a table and he landed. Oh, yeah. Well, saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's what I was grimacing at as you were. Enjoy the show, guys. Thank you. Sean Rossap, everybody. <laughs> Damn. He, he, he's still here. There he goes. All right. Sean was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All you right. saw that, right? You saw yeah. that. We all saw that. We all saw it. <laughs> and Amazing. so let's let's put our bar back in the middle now, by the way, because now there's separation. No more here. distractions, right? No, I, I no was told we'd come on here and talk about dynamite. Yes, that's okay. what's happening here, but you have to know this show at this stage. So Andrade El Idolo. Man, he's been in the headlines lately, hasn't he? Of course he has. Uh, He has been fairly vocal about everything. Uh, He has basically been implied. He posted hashtag free L Idolo. What does that mean? Who knows? Uh, And he's even had a lot of his stuff made into angles, such as, you know, we know Andrade doesn't want to be in the company, or at least that seems to be what he's implying. And his, up until yesterday... Uh, he was going to have a match with Preston Vance, 10 of the Dark Order, where Preston Vance's mask was going to be on the line versus Andrade's AEW career. Ooh, how could that go? How's that going to go? Well, we're never going to find out because we got a tweet, matches off. Obviously, sets off red flags. Everybody starts asking questions. What's going on? What's going on? Got the question, er, got the question answered fairly quickly. So... Um, Fightful Select had initially reported that there was an altercation backstage and it did result in Andrade being sent home. Uh, and then very shortly after, TMZ reports the uh, even greater details on all of this, uh, including some details of the physicality, including some uh, shoving, some punches being thrown. Um, they had initially said that both were sent home and then were quick to correct that, especially once Sammy Guevara shows up on screen on Dynamite. It's very clear that was not to be the case. So the question becomes, what happened? And uh, so I spent the evening basically talking to anybody I could talk to about all of this. And then I look up and... Brian Alvarez had mostly posted a lot of what I had gotten. And then this morning, Dave Meltzer basically reported like everything I had. Um, and so any details I have are probably just going to have a little bit more clarity. And that's okay, because ultimately, we're all after the same information. Um, and so the big question on everybody's mind, because something told me that the fans didn't necessarily have all of this correct. Uh, because the fans 
jump to huge conclusions. The fans were basically just like, how could Sammy possibly be here, but Andrade is not? Uh, how could Sammy still wrestle in this match? Hopefully, at least they changed the ending. Oh my God, Sammy won. What the hell is going on here? Is Sammy being rewarded for bad behavior? What's going on? So, the way it was put to me in my asking around, um, and really quick, Van Twin Blade says, hashtag Quizzlemania screw job, hashtag never forget. Hey, look, I'm Quizzlemania champion now. I, I can put that behind me. And now she's my Quizzlemania tag team champion. So now, like, we have to work together on Quizzlemania. Go figure. I love how I just, like, marked you early on, Will, and was like, <laughs> You're for we're forever going to be known for this Quizzlemania screw job. I know, right? And the thing is, you didn't intend on screwing me. You intended on screwing whoever I, well, I didn't was. care who it was. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, just, you ended up being the lucky one, Will. Consider yourself lucky. Look, I could have been on the other side of that. I could have <laughs> drawn a lucky card and, and been a winner instead. Instead, though, I won the game fair and square. And then Denise Salcedo's like, actually, whoever just draws this random card is a winner. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, Ray Slaver says, why is everyone blaming Sammy Guevara? Um A.E. could have done the interview without naming Sammy and still said everything he said. Uh, then if Sammy Guevara tweets, it's on him. So I want to talk about that piece of it first. Uh, and I'm glad that just came up because that was the piece that everybody was throwing in on it. Everybody's been saying, well, Sammy tweeted all that stuff. You know, Andrade did name Sammy in his interview. but um, And you actually listened to the whole interview um, and did some great transcribing. Uh, and... So some have even said that Sammy's tweets probably outweigh what Andrade said, which, um, again, I think the, the, the main issue out of there is that Andrade said, I'm not going to name names. And then like 60 seconds later, names names. Um, but the big issue is that apparently Tuesday night, there was a discussion had with both of them and management. And the discussion basically said that, you know, you guys are going to drop this. This isn't going to be a factor at television. Um, both were mostly reprimanded for what was said uh, in public settings. And then both agreed to no altercation at TV. So from that perspective, you could almost consider anything from that point on ground zero that both agreed to no altercation, both agreed to no confrontation, to leave this aside. Security was there. And like there was an expectation that something could happen. But for the most part, it was said that uh, they both agreed to do nothing about this at television, to let the show just move on and go on. And only one of them actually pursued the other. So therefore, that is ultimately what took place here the the story going around is that um it was actually andrade that confronted sammy now from people i've talked to um because I, I feel like it sounded a lot worse than it was uh from people i've talked to they were like this is there was physicality but it was described to me as an nba fight um, and then I saw that term a second time. Uh, so I've seen two people say that one wasn't involved in it, but somebody else had said it. And so I thought it was interesting that that term was used twice. Um, but the, and when I say that it, you know, what happens when you yeah. see a fight on the court and you see people shoving, 
but and you see arms kind of flailing but like it's just a bunch of this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um and so but for the most part it was uh said that andrade did wait for sammy and spun him around and confronted him and so at that point he was in that regard the aggressor and uh defied what was essentially a agreed upon I guess truce for lack of better word. And so look, he's not the, the the word going around is that he wants to get fired. He wants to be released from his contract. He's not happy. It's been uh a year and 4 months since 3 months. A year and 3 months. He's only been around 15 months, but oh no, I guess. Uh he had his first match a year and 3 months ago, but he technically debuted right after double or nothing, right? So that would have been May, June, June. Um so Either way, it's been a year and some change. He's unhappy. Hunter has been sending out his feelers to get all of his guys back. Andrade is one of the ones that wants to take him up on that. And as far as anything is concerned, um, I know Sammy is a lightning rod. I know that these stories seem to follow him. He had the incident with Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston has since owned responsibility for that situation. Um, but with Sammy Guevara, controversy seems to follow him around. And so in this case, fans were very quick to kind of jump to the idea that Sammy needs to be punished. Sammy needs to be punished. Um, in this particular case, though, from everything I've heard from people, it is that Sammy did his part, that Sammy basically agreed to no physicality, agreed to no confrontation, leave Andrade alone, forget about the tweets, forget about the interview, forget about all of that for this show because you have a big main event coming up. And he did that. And when confronted, he, other than, I guess, a shove, basically kept his hands to himself. And it was mostly Andrade. And that's the story going around everywhere. So as far as why Sammy was on this show, the story I hear is that he didn't do anything. Um, and that's that's taking the tweets out of account. That's taking the interview out of account. We're talking about simply from ground zero, which was supposed to be the Tuesday discussion. That's ground zero. Everything from here on. And it's kind of like if you've ever worked in a corporate environment. And I work in a corporate environment. And uh, you kind of run into one of those cases where there needs to be disciplinary action for something, but it hasn't been discussed yet. So you usually get that first warning. The warning, and the warning exists to say that it is now on the record we discussed this. And now that we've discussed it, we will we discussed what will happen if this happens. And now that it's on the record, anything from here on is ground zero. That's the warning. The warning was was that. And once you do anything else, you are now in direct violation of the exact thing that we discussed. And now we have a problem. And once it was established Tuesday that if you do this, there will be consequences. And they, they one of them did it, and there's consequences. That's essentially why we're sitting here where we are today. And that's why Andrade's at home. Um, will he be back? I don't know. Uh, but uh, I just know that I'll say this. 
uh, the court of Twitter is not a real thing. And uh, without all of the details, it is pretty much impossible to make any type of ruling on things based on your opinions of people on Twitter. And as far as last night was concerned, I know like emotions were high and everybody had an opinion about what took place. But ultimately, if you remove all of that from it, the show just kind of went on as planned. I know people saw it as a response of like, well, look, Sammy's being rewarded. I don't think that was the case. Uh, nobody I talked to thought it was the case because before any incident had happened, Dynamite's ending was already ready to go before any of this had taken place. Um, I don't know. What did you think of everything, Denise Salcedo? All right. Well, there's a lot to take in this one because this is kind of a lengthy story with a lot of details in it. And I guess I'll start off with uh, the Andrade interview because that's obviously where this whole thing uh, culminated from. And it was kind of, you know, I wanted to listen to the interview because I wanted to get an idea of where Andrade was, was coming from, right? Because you only get so much from a clip. A clip, you know, I know it's the easiest way to consume things, but you got to listen to the entire thing to really get an idea of what is going on, where this person is at in terms of the conversation and all of that. And the thing with Andrade is that he went in there and there was a lot of negative stuff that he said, but it was mainly in regards to AAA. That's where he was really kind of, you know, showing a lot of like negativity in terms of the AEW stuff. It was interesting to hear him talk about it because he basically like the big gist of before he got to the Sammy stuff was him basically saying, you know, that even though the AEW schedule is a lot better than the WWE schedule, it it's uh he feels the exact same way in AEW that he felt in WWE in the sense that he wants more where whatever his spot you know on the roster is he's clearly not happy with it because you know he wants more out of that and from that perspective I'm like okay I get it who doesn't want more for themselves you know if you don't want any more for for yourself in your career then you know you're just you know you're gonna stay in the same exact area but I do think like that was that to me wasn't necessarily like I didn't take that as like anything too problematic, but I can see how people can see can take that and also be like, well, you know, screw this guy, you know, there's all these other people. If you want something, just keep working for it, right? So then when the interviewer essentially asked him his thoughts on the elite and CM Punk and basically asked him, like, what the hell's going on backstage in AEW? Andrade kind of painted a picture of like, you know, what it's like behind the scenes in AEW. His perspective of this was he said he never had any issues with any of the elite guys. He never had any issues with CM Punk. He said that, well, his perception was that when he first came into AEW, that some of the locker room would kind of look at him and, you know, kind of judge him a little bit based on the, his appearance and the way that he dresses. And this was something that he mentioned that people weren't necessarily like, too fond of him but of course this is his perception of their perception of him right so then afterwards uh he basically says that you know when he's working out when he's doing his thing and guys come up to him and they're like hey did you hear about this did you hear about that he's like no nah, i don't want anything to do about you know any of this but then that's when he basically brought up this 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sammy stuff and he basically like you can tell he wasn't going to name his name because he first started off describing him as just some guy that basically <laughs> complained that was uh that he was hitting him too hard but then you know Andrade being Andrade he basically said you know what it's Sammy Guevara like that's who it was but then the extra shot because here's the thing Will he said like for the most part he said that everything was cool between them that they had this conversation and everything was fine but he did throw a shot to Sammy because he said that he complained like a little girl. That was what he said about Sammy. So clearly with that, you can see why Sammy would respond the way that he did. Now, do I agree with Sammy's actions on Twitter? No. In fact, given the amount of drama that is surrounding Sammy, I would have just not said anything on Twitter just for the sake of not having to uh, be continued to be associated with this drama and will you know this am i not always telling you this yes i was gonna say would you have even gone and listened to the interview had because by the time you posted the the transcripts of things it had been like a couple of hours you know yeah and and the sammy stuff had and the sammy stuff had already like happened and so my question is had sammy not tweeted would you have even cared to go see what the interview was all about It depends because I did enjoy a lot of the stuff that he was talking about uh, in terms of the Lucha side of things where he's talking about like pay and stuff for, uh, you know, he's talking about CML out and he's talking about triple A. I liked all of that stuff. So I probably would have still gone in and just peaked a little bit. But obviously the whole drama with Sammy, that was clearly what piqued my interest. I feel like that drew more attention to it than anything. And that. Oh, uh, yeah. Had he. Had Sammy just kind of let that go um, and maybe, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to say could just the said example something I brought person. up, Will, the example I brought up yesterday was uh, Hangman Page. Look at all this shit CM Punk said about Hangman Page. Will, did we hear anything from Hangman Page? No. Uh, no, and- we didn't. And he said <laughs> CM Punk went off on Hangman Page far worse than what Andrade said in that interview about Sammy far worse and we never heard from hangman right it's so it is a case because we felt that way too where it's like there were rumors going around um like i heard back in uh june about the the issues between hangman and punk but like nothing concrete enough to report and it certainly wasn't out there and it didn't come out there until punk decided to go on tv and call out hangman and then all of a sudden it's like what's this all about well this actually goes back to him having an issue with the promo from before double or nothing and it was like oh people would not have known about that had you not drawn attention to it this is kind of one of those cases where um people the interview could have existed and may have flown under the radar if Sammy hadn't responded. So like there is, and don't get me wrong. I am not saying that there is no responsibility on Sammy Guevara's part um, in terms of escalating all of this, because I absolutely am saying that, that there is what I am saying though, is that from what I've heard, as far as the backstage altercation is concerned, that it is a case of once 
you violated the terms you agreed to on Tuesday, which was that there would be no altercation, then there is now an issue. And FightfulSelect.com, by the way, has more on on that story, I believe, because I just got an alert that Sean posted stuff. So, Will, let me ask you, let me ask you then, do you think that AEW should have gone about it differently then and not given them, I know it sounds, because in hindsight, in hindsight, you wonder, should they have even done this like handshake deal or whatever it is that they're calling it, you know, like you said, where they were both in agreements to kind of be at peace with each other. Do you think they should have even allowed that or should there have been punishment from the, uh, you know, airing of the dirty laundry with the uh, with the back and forth Twitter exchange? Should there have been action? taken from that moment on so that you wouldn't have risked this happening at tv um again hindsight 2020 um because this is a case of taking people at their word right that um you took guys at their word that there wouldn't be an altercation at tv and then there suddenly was um one person decided to to go ahead and say screw it i'm gonna do whatever it is i'm gonna do um and, you know, it's, it's tough because, again, um, I don't know what AEW's written policy is. I'm speaking specifically on written policy on social media. Um, I know what WWE is. WWE's is. I have a copy of it, actually. And uh, WWE's policy on social media is really, really strict. There's so much you can't say. There's so much you can't do. They have an absolute written policy on. Don't what say it's... shit. Don't put your foot in your mouth. STFU. <laughs> a, a lot of that. There's like certain terms you can't use, right? They're like, hey, you can speak like outside of kayfabe, but don't use the word kayfabe. Like you can't. It's a banned word. Um, and WWE's like social media stuff. Um, there are a lot of things you can and can't say. And uh, in a sense, I. In, on one end, you know, I'm like, oh, they're independent contractors. Let wrestlers be wrestlers. Let them do their thing. And on the other end, on days like this, I'm like, okay, I get why that policy exists. Because I can see where you don't necessarily want people just tweeting anything. Uh, and you don't necessarily want people tweeting about other wrestlers. Especially other wrestlers that they're not even involved with. For the amount of people that were like, hey, is this a work? It's like, well, no, they're not even. But not only are they not involved with each other in any way, shape, or form, they're both heels. Like, they have nothing to do with each other whatsoever. It'd be different if this was, like, back in March where they did have a little bit of a rivalry, but they don't have that right now. There's nothing going on between these guys. What I find interesting too, Will, and I'm sure you might have seen this on Twitter, is that there's a lot of people saying like, oh, you know what the hell's going on backstage? People are out of control, this and that. I feel like it's super naive to think that everybody in every promotion is getting along with everybody and that there aren't any other beefs going on between people. It's just a matter of some being made public and some not being made public. Right. Um, and I mean, that's always going to be the case. There are stories. There are stories I've told you that are not public whatsoever. Right. Um, oh, and- geez. Put me on the spot. <laughs> everyone's going to know that I have tea that I never share. <laughs> I mean, well, at least, that- you know, that I'm not out there blurting out this information. I know there's stuff that's like I've never seen anywhere. And I'm like, I can count on Denise. Yeah. But- <laughs> see, I ain't no snitch, Will. <laughs> All right. I'm completely but- anti snitching. <laughs> but. See, that's what the, the red is for uh, that she's wearing right now. It's a stop snitching shirt. Um, but anyway. Wait. Oh, is that a gang thing? Like a gang reference? Because you said the red shirt. Yeah. In the, in, the, in, the, 
in the mid 2000s there was a big stop snitching campaign everybody wore oh see i didn't know about that okay Uh, well because the only thing i know is that like if you're in a gang and you snitch and you're like done man like your your ass is getting killed right well yeah because in the mid 2000s a little bit of education on gang culture in the mid 2000s (laughs) and it still goes on today but um there would be cases where obviously there'd be some kind of incident a bunch of members got picked up and got carted off to jail. But then one just is randomly back on the streets and everybody can't, can't help but wonder what happened to where this one person happens to be back on the street and everybody else got time. And so uh, obviously it, there was a case of police were cutting deals with people. Basically you rat out your friends and you got to, to go home, right? And then- yeah. Uh, that became there became a big stop snitching campaign and a lot of rappers attached to it were wearing stop snitching shirts and uh, yeah don't take those deals Um, all right well I'm accidentally supporting the campaign today even though I didn't know like I've always been like anti-snitching and stuff like that but I didn't know that red was associated with it It, well there you go I learned something new today either way so um Where were we even talking? We're talking talking about about? snitches and how certain things get put out there and some stuff don't get put out there. That's right. So, uh, again, stuff happens. Lots of stuff happens over time. Um, The biggest frustration I've heard as of late, and I heard this a lot yesterday. I talked, I ended up, I texted probably 15 people and was able to get about. Uh, like seven or eight responses on this and everybody else was like hey I ain't saying shit um, but good in a way it's good though because like that was like the whole big meeting right that they had the talent meeting where they were like don't yeah. be putting stuff out there well and the big frustration I heard yesterday that seemed to be really common was that since All Out things have been pretty good and that you know there's been this kind of rebuilt rapport there's been this energy in the locker room that's been like hey, we want to see this company succeed and like almost like a teamwork kind of um, camaraderie again. And uh, very similar to the way the company first started, that everybody was excited about uh, Grand Slam. Everybody was excited to see, um, like the amount of elation I heard, by the way, from people about Max Caster getting that win and, uh, and having that fan support and him having the biggest moment, heard multiple people say to me, that was fantastic, just seeing him get that moment. People were happy for each other, and there was a sense of support in the company, and it felt like they were trying to almost bury the idea that behind the scenes there is actually um, turmoil in the company, and they felt like they were making strides at that and keeping attention on the show itself. And then... And one day, they felt like Andrade and Sammy basically undid that in an afternoon of tweets. Like, And it was really not even an afternoon. It's like 15 straight minutes of these two going back and forth. And in 15 minutes, they're like they, they work to undo and undermine what we've been working on this last month, which is getting things back in order and having a... Like, literally, didn't Tony just say in an interview uh, that he thought... Things were smooth right now. They it's the smoothest they've been. It came out around yeah. the same time, like a couple of hours apart. Right. So it was it was kind of like a bad look. And obviously people mm-hmm. on social media were like, bruh, really? You know, so yeah, that's exactly. what was happening. Yeah, and that's uh that's just something we had seen. And like I said, the 
the guys who are there very much want to be there and want to work on a show that they believe in and want to see the show succeed. People were excited about the card going into Wednesday. And then, of course, there's still Saturday's card or Friday's card as well. There's stuff happening tomorrow. I won't be able to see that because I will be at Lucha Libre Laughs on Friday. But uh, I'm going to try and catch Battle of the Belts and Rampage back-to-back after the fact. So don't count on anything live for me on that. So let's talk about the show a little bit. Um, cause there's some details coming out of the show. So start with the opening match, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman versus Wheeler, Yuta. Wheeler, Yuta being a stop for Maxwell, Jacob Friedman on his way to the AEW world championship, but the AEW world championship is held by one John Moxley, one of the founding and leading members of the Blackpool combat club, a group of, of which includes Wheeler Yuta. So, kind of makes sense that this is a nice little pit stop. This was also the first match that MJF has had on Dynamite since April 13th. Now, remember that date because I was there. And uh, I was at that show. Couldn't believe it's been that long since MJF has had a match on Dynamite. But he hasn't had a match on Dynamite since he lost to Sean Dean via countout in New Orleans. So... Seeing MJF at this again was actually pretty damn great. Uh, MJF and Wheeler Yuta have a lot of history on the indies. They've worked together a lot. And you could very much tell that they were in this to show out. MJF looked great, by the way. His friggin' physique looked awesome. Um, and we knew that when he took his shirt off in the confrontation with Moxie a few weeks ago. Yeah. But, but dude looks freaking jacked. And I love how you're like, we knew that when he took his shirt off. We did. We did know that. Look, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a body guy. I notice these things. So. Oh, I know you're a body guy. <laughs> I read your text, Will. Shh. Where did, I'm waiting till the end on that, Denise. <laughs> my bad. My bad. All right. <laughs> Although I did have somebody uh, ask me about my neck the other day. So like your neck is like kind of like pencil skinny like randy orton's would get when he's like dropping weight what's going on with you and i was like huh i could barely see your neck in this like you have to lift your head up for me to even take a good look at your neck i don't think i've ever looked at your neck will and i've known (laughs) you for a bit and i've seen you in person for a bit now yeah well sorry i'll pay more attention to your neck next time pay pay more attention to the neck denise um (laughs) anyway so the uh it's sorry, right. I just had somebody note that I missed their super chat. I'm not going to miss anybody's super chat. I promise throughout the show, hover chat, super chats, I'm not going to miss them. Um, but since you brought it up, uh, Bear Hudson, I am going to read your super chat that says it's on the owner or supervisor to set the example. I continue to see an owner bash other companies and let employees air dirty laundry, no leadership. Ah, you are talking about one Tony Khan. Um, so I'm curious, I guess... In the so bashing other companies, I mean, who gives a shit? That's competitive nature. Like, I don't know. I I recognize I am a product of '90s culture, and I recognize that I grew up in an era where Sega literally ran commercials that would go Genesis does 
what Nintendo don't. And so to me, like, I don't give a fuck. Companies bashing each other. Isn't that what we do? Hasn't Toaster Strudel ran an entire campaign their whole existence on how much Pop-Tarts suck? Like, that is just how I believe companies are supposed to operate, right? Like You kind of miss it a little bit. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I like the drama. (laughs) What? No, I get it. Like, that's that's how I've always seen uh, things go, right? Like, I don't know, phone companies take shots at each other in their commercials. Like, this is just the competitive nature of, of business. Like, I recognize that's how it's supposed to go. So, like, I don't necessarily care about the owner bashes other companies. Um, and then as far as Let's Employees Air Dirty Laundry is concerned, um, again, I feel like, this was the time where it kind of went like the furthest it's ever needed to go. And uh, because for the most part, you know, guys have kind of talked about their issues a little bit, but I think when we got to a point of naming names directly and basically saying, well, I know you want to go back to WWE anyway, and uh, you're a jobber. You were only hired because of your father-in-law, which is funny because his father-in-law never got hired. Uh, And so, all of that stuff. I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know where Tony himself did that. No, I do think though that now because of what happened, there has to be some sort of like, you know, we were talking about WWE and all their rules that they have for social media. I hate to say it, but maybe there should be some rules like that uh, implemented for, uh, you know, for AEW. And the only reason I say that is because, well, I mean, given then we could maybe avoid uh these ugly situations be like what we saw with andrade and with sammy and i hate to be like the person that's like implement rules but in a way it's like maybe they should be implemented well yeah i mean think about the existence of like kind of all rules right and that they exist when something has gone wrong where like I forgot what state that's in, but like there's a law where it's like no shooting squirrels off the back of a pickup truck. And like really think about the fact that somebody had to be shooting squirrels off the back of a pickup truck for them to go, hey, we should probably make a law that you can't do this anymore. Um, Like it wasn't a a thing we were thinking about before until the first guy was shooting squirrels off the back of a pickup truck. But social Uh, media is different. It's not like the there's this one state where you can't carry an ice cream in your back pocket. I don't know what state that is, but apparently that's one of those weird laws that's around. Mm -hmm. Okay, but with social media, it's pretty obvious. I mean, all across social media, we're seeing people beefing with one another. Uh, You're bound to expect for that to happen at some point, uh, you know, with any given company. Yes. Um, no, I can agree to that. Uh, there's, I think I had another super chat just pulled up. Oh yeah. Uh, Amir says, I won't beat your ass because I'm a professional psych on <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He did warn him. Like, let's be real. He warned everybody right, that but, this was going to be happening. But, but then again, again we, we had, they had that, you know, that truce, I guess you can say. I put that yeah, in quotations. They, nobody had been talked to yet. And I guess that's really the issue. Um, Somebody in the chat pointed out, they said, uh, in Nevada, it's illegal to ride a camel on the highway. Again, somebody had to do that before uh, the law actually came about. Uh, that's And again, you know, I, I can see where at a time it was like, ah, what do we need the rules for? People know how to handle their social media, and now they're showing they don't. So, I'm sorry. I'm a rule follower. I love rules. Put them on there. I can't. I, I'm a goody two shoes. Will, what about you? Are you a rule follower? Are you a rule breaker? 
You are you rebellious, Will? What kind of person are you? I feel like I relate more to Hangman, where I'm more of the non-confrontational, follow the rules kind of person. I am a believer in um, <laughs> not stirring the pot when your hands aren't clean. That's okay, my that's main a thing. Good is one. that if you like talk all your shit and do what you're gonna do, if you have the ability to kind of do it and not let any consequences follow that. Right. I was actually just having that conversation with my daughter this morning. Cause she has like, she's annoyed by the, the campus security guard who um, is constantly like yelling at people to get to class. And I'm like, well, are you in class that on time all the time? And she's like, well, yeah, you see my attendance. I have no tardies. I'm like, well then good. Then fuck her. Who gives a shit? Um, she's an annoying security guard, you know? Uh, Look so, at you, Danny Tanner. <laughs> that's <laughs> Carl Winslow here, by the way, Danny Tanner. <laughs> I like Danny Tanner. Come on I now. Know, I, but I, I, most of my life lessons came from Full House. And most of my family, or all, most of my lessons came from Family Matters. And so um, I recognize that, like I said, I was a Carl Winslow guy. And also Urkel was kind of my idol. But that's for another day. Uh, anyway, so back to, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. I want to read this Humper chat from Jarvis. And the reason I want to read this is because uh, it's still relevant to the other topic. Um, and this is Jarvis saying that, uh, I agree, people that work with each other don't always get along everywhere. For example, Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. Uh, Seth has said so himself, but that they are professional enough to work together because it's their job. Thanks for everything, guys. I mean, yeah, you are going to just run into some cases where, yeah, people don't get along and for the most part it's usually fine not everybody gets along everywhere uh, just talk shit behind their back yeah uh, well and the thing is <laughs> the thing is wrestling is a competitive ultimately uh, even though it's not competitive necessarily in the ring itself it is competitive in the sense of there is a very obvious hierarchy in pro wrestling so it is uh, the type of environment where, yeah, people want to be better than one another to get. There's a hierarchy everywhere, though. You see it in yeah. sports all the time. And it's like, that's what, you know, that's what happens. You know, when you work your way up to being a star, you're obviously going to have a little bit more, I don't know, perks. Well, the, the thing is, when AEW did first start, it started with kind of a vision that with everybody in it, right? That everybody was kind of working together for the same vision. And as they started to sign more guys, some guys weren't in it for the vision. Some guys are just in it to succeed in this company. I don't give a shit about what you guys planned for this from the beginning. I don't give a shit what storylines you guys had in mind. I want to be world champion in a company. And this is a company I can see myself world champion in. I, you know, It's like, I don't care what ideas you have for a tag team division. What we see is us being successful in pro wrestling. And as AEW's hired more people that ne weren't necessarily a part of the original vision, yeah, it's going to get way more competitive uh, and way more cutthroat. And now, hell, who the hell is even there from the original vision now, right? Uh, you, you also have run into that little issue. But talking about... That's not a little issue. It's kind of a big issue, Will. Kind of a big issue, yes. Uh, so talking about... Wait, somebody asked. Oh, this is a good question. I like this one. Uh, I want to know if Will or Denise have ever had a workplace beef ever at former places of work. 
I had a small one, but it was because I was working at Nordstrom's and you get paid via commission, right? And like, it's not hourly. And so you got to really be on it. Like you either make your sales and you get no money. And I was the noob in the department. And so there was a lot of unspoken rules that I didn't know of. And there would be people like, let's say a customer came up to me and was like, hey, can you help me with this? And I'd be like, yeah, sure, you know. And then later on, I'd find out that another employee had said hello to that person, didn't even help them out. But because they said hello first, that was their customer. I could not touch that customer. So I had a lot of instances where I would help people and I wouldn't get the commission for that because so-and-so said hello to them and made eye contact with them first. So the commission went to that person. And I thought that was incredibly unfair, but apparently that was the rule. And so one girl was like, you know, she was my customer. And I was like, well, I didn't see you working with her. Retail life, Will. Retail life. That was my beef. And she was bigger and taller than me, so I was very afraid of her, so I just shut up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my only real, like, work beef was, God, this was, like, early in the work life. And it was, like, working at GameStop because I came in and, like, really quickly became the manager. And so uh, uh, there was one particular person that I leapfrogged, and they were really upset about it. Like to the point of where, and it's been long enough to where I could tell this story, that uh, when I became the manager of that store, she was so upset that night closing that she accidentally left the store unlocked. And so I came back the next morning, and uh, I hadn't quite gotten my promotion yet, but we were both the last two working. So the two of us got written up for leaving the store unlocked overnight, like left the open sign on everything. She was just like so upset that I got this, that she was just like, fuck it. It just twisted the locker, thought she twisted it and just walked away, left all the lights on everything. And the other manager came the next day, saw the store open and we like, we squashed it eventually, but uh, mainly because I became her manager. And so it was like, well, you have to, or you're not working here anymore. And granted <laughs> oh, it was yeah. fucking GameStop. So you guys became friends afterwards? Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's what happened so. to me and this other girl because <laughs> I was afraid of her, so. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about um, the uh, the <laughs> opening match. Will, and... <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I just saw Hazard notice typo in her name. I had not noticed that you called me Denise Sal Sawad. Sawad. Sal Sawad. Denise Celsiad, that's not you. <laughs> I feel like a sea otter now. What does the sea otter sound make? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's Denise Celsiad. Anyway. Uh, no, fine. We'll fix it. I don't uh, care, Will. <laughs> I, do not ca I do not care. There. Denise Celsiad. Good people. Anyway. So... Uh, MJF, Wheeler Yuta, I thought they killed it out there. I thought that uh, I love the reversal exchanges. I love how into it the crowd was. And I love that it came off as Wheeler very much wanting to prove himself against MJF. And MJF reminding us again that he is, at the end of the day, despite being a guy who's only won one match this year, um, that's not counting, of course, winning the chip. But he's still a goddamn professional wrestler who's damn good at it. What did you think of this match? 
So I, so this match happened right as the, I saw this match was going on right as the Sammy Andrade stuff was like coming out and stuff. So I had to go back and rewatch this match uh, during the commercial breaks of Dynamite so that I can, uh, so that I can enjoy it because the response from the crowd was so great that it was like, okay, I have to go back and rewatch this entire thing and see what the hell was going on. There was a lot that I loved. And the main thing really that I want to get at is when this whole thing started with MJF and Wheeler Yuta, I really wasn't that interested. And it was really just based off that first promo interaction. I thought, oh man, this was bad, you know, but they quickly, and I mean, quickly turned this around to the point where I legitimately care about, you know, the story between MJF and Wheeler Yuta. The match itself, like all of this like rolling pin attempts that they did, uh, the point where they were both down at the same time and everybody was clapping. The uh the avalanche pile driver attempt, followed by the hurricanrana from uh from Wheeler Yuta. That little oh, moment there. Oh, I loved all of that. You know, everything that they did, I think really kind of got the people going. You know what? This was a reminder of what uh MJF can do, you know, because obviously when you think of MJF, what's the first thing you think of? Great promo. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what you're thinking. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And the wrestling, you know, comes second. And I feel like this was really just a reminder of, you know, what kind of matches he can have, you know, with different talent and whatnot. So I was a fan of this and even everything that played out afterwards with uh, William Regal coming in there with the brass knucks and, you know, MJF kind of being like, "Uh, I don't want nothing to do with you right now. You know, that sort of thing. This was good stuff. I think that this did a lot for Wheeler Yuta too, because even, you know, Wheeler Yuta is associated with, you know, top guys in the company, but having him in this match against MJF really, really did elevate him a lot. I think. I agree with everything you said there. Uh, and also, props to that that powerbomb on the knee MJF hit. Beautiful stuff. Um, the match ended, though. After the match ended and MJF wins, taps him out, salt of the earth, uh, we then see uh, an attempt at a handshake. And MJF looks like he's considering doing it. But... Right? Wheeler Yuta is attacked then by Lee Moriarty. MJF actually not happy with this, but Stokely trying to remind him, hey, we got this. Don't worry about it. And then uh, he goes to hand MJF the dynamite diamond ring. And before MJF can do anything with it, Regal stands up from the announce desk, walks his way toward the ring, and uh, we have a standoff. William Regal versus MJF crowd is way into this. Uh, But I never know. Like, I never know what to expect from MJF. So when he was a little bit like bothered by the attack on Wheeler Yuta, I'm like, okay, do I fall for this? Do I not fall for this? You know, you never know with MJF. You never know. And uh, you still don't know uh, what's happening here because he didn't want any smoke with William Regal. Where's this going? I don't know, but I'm intrigued. And we just moved straight along. The cool thing about the show, it was just kind of match, 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 match. And uh, that's my kind of show. I know. I, I saw it a lot on Twitter. People want the backstage shenanigans. They want angles. They want all that stuff, uh, which we, we got, got a lot so of. so much of that the week pri- prior. We did get that a lot last week. This show presented itself a little bit more in pay-per-view fashion of just match, 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 match. Look. That's my type of show. Yeah. Uh, I'm down for that. 
Um, didn't Tony tweet something recently where he said like, oh, I promised more wrestling or we haven't lost that. I forgot what he said exactly, yeah, he but there was and, something along those lines. And this was clearly him going with what he said, which is that this is a wrestling show. Because the next match we got was uh, is it Darby versus... Jay and Jay Lethal. Yeah, and Jay Lethal, um, which didn't quite have the crowd the way that they had before. Um, but otherwise, uh, this match was fine. Uh I thought this match had really good potential for being match of the night. I don't think, I think it was too short. I think on a night like this, it was just too short. Any other time I think had it been a little bit longer, I think we would have maybe gotten just a little bit more, but this match to me was not really uh, anything to really brag or talk about. (laughs) Like, you know, the code red from Darby is always really cool to see and whatnot. Uh, But other than that, like, there really, to me, wasn't that much uh, that we got out of this one. I've just seen better from both Darby, and I've seen better from Jay Lethal. Yeah, I agree with that. But it's harmless, though. Like, I prefer this kind of a match over, like, you know, just something that I don't care about. I prefer something like this that is still good, and, you know, you, you, you care about what both guys are doing on the show. But, so, yeah, I prefer this. So, it didn't bother me whatsoever that this wasn't, like, a, oh, my God, you know, five-star match or anything. So I want to address something that Orion Ben 666 brought up in the chat. And uh, he says, uh, not that, this one. Uh, sorry about that, Redmond. I, normally I like reading your stuff. But he says, problem was it was the same theme as the first. So, again, in digging around about things last night, I discovered that was the point. That, uh, that there was a parent, that that was the theme. The story being told here was that the first that there was supposed to be kind of a code of honor theme of the show going on. They alluded to that on commentary. And they talked about that. Um, The idea that, of course, Wheeler Yuta, um, former pure champion, went to observe the code of honor and MJF almost abided by it. Uh, Darby Allen went to observe the code of honor with a fairly prolific ring of honor star and Jay Lethal and... Jay Lethal actually took it. He did observe the Code of Honor. um, And that was kind of to lay the groundwork and set the tone for the main event, which not only didn't abide by the Code of Honor, but the ending saw uh, the Ring of Honor champion completely shit on the Code of Honor. And uh, But in order to get that, that was supposed to be the the theme that happened here. Um, And... I noticed a lot of people not picking that up. Uh, they were like, wow, it had the same exact handshake deal as the last match. And it's like, well, they are addressing that. And I was told that was intentional. That was specifically what was supposed to be happening. And that was the direction they were planning to go in. Um, yeah, that was clear. If you were listening to commentary, it was clear. Now, we did get what I thought was a surprising match of the night. I won't say this was the best match of the night, but it definitely was the biggest surprise. And that was Wardlow versus Brian Cage for the TNT Championship. Well, you won't say it, but this was my favorite match of the night. And I don't care. Fight me all you want, Will. I'll take you on, bro. This match was freaking awesome. Um, I'll let you talk about it, and then I'll talk about why I loved it. Uh, No, I just thought that uh, I tweeted last night that I think think that... You thunk. It's very... Uh, easy to write off Brian Cage. And I feel like we've been doing that for a while. Uh, Can you blame us though? We haven't seen the guy. But even still, when he was 
removed from television, the general consensus online was like, eh, good riddance. Who needed Brian yeah, Cage? Yeah, which kind of sucks, yeah. Yeah, and you know, when he was kicked out of Team Taz, you know, the general consensus was, eh, who needs him? And, uh, you know, it was interesting. He was like regularly used in AEW during the pandemic. He debuted during the pandemic. And then it was like, as soon as they went on the road, we stopped seeing Brian Cage. And then he maybe worked like three or four shows on the road and then was just like gone. We didn't see him at all anymore. And uh, you almost forget that he's actually still pretty good. Right? (laughs) Right? That's the thing. Like, that's why this was part of the reason why I love this match so much was because this was a reminder, like, dude, we don't all we there's not very many people that can look like Brian Cage and then do the things that Brian Cage could do with that body. And that sounds really, really like creepy that I just said it that way, but legitimately, like that's what you got. Like that's that's what you've seen though. Like this isn't the first time. Like Brian Cage is constantly out there, like in Mexico, you know, working against luchadors and all of this. And uh, so if you know Brian Cage's work, you know that he can do this type of stuff. But it's still one of those things that you forget because you don't see him often. Oh yeah, uh, and just everything the guys were doing in this match just looked awesome. Look, I get it. Big meaty men slapping meat is always a great thing, but what's Nice about this particular match is that this is big meaty men doing things that big meaty men don't normally big meaty do. And uh, <laughs> this was this was great. I thought that uh, they both went out there to kind of show us what they both had at their size. And all of it looked great. All of it looked impressive. Um, it had the crowd into it. It was a whole lot of fun. I want to see more Prince Nana on my TV because I miss Prince Nana. So excited to see him uh, back in play. But ultimately, yeah, Wardlow got the victory, retained the TNT title. I enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun with this. The way that I saw this match too, the, 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 the best way I think to describe it was like, if you were a person that maybe didn't know anything about Wardlow or didn't know anything about Brian Cage or just didn't, where you're maybe you're just a casual or something and you saw these two guys you would think you'd know what kind of match to expect from them and then they went out there and gave you something polar opposite of what you would expect from them to do uh this did a lot for brian cage in the sense of like we said that being a reminder of you know his agility in the ring but for wardlow to me it was like his best title defense uh that he's had by far they finally switched things up with him because it kind of got to the point where i felt like well you know, quite a few people felt, and I, I have to agree with this, that it just was too repetitive. I was getting bored of seeing Wardlow do the exact same thing, c- control, copy, paste every single match. Like, I'm a fan of Wardlow's, right? But I want to see something different. I want to see something with a little bit more depth. And this is what we got in this match. Can I fantasy book something for a second? Go for it. I have this idea. Okay. Um, and if this is where you're heading, Tony, stop me now. But... I have I've had this idea for the ultimate Wardlow title defense. Let's do it at full gear. Trivia question, Denise Salcedo. And oh I know God, you I'm know bad the, at trivia. Just I know you know the answer now. to this. Who is the longest reigning TNT champion? Is it? Uh, it's what's? Uh, it's, no, I don't know actually. Who is it? It's I Darby forget. Allen. Darby. It's Darby. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he had some of the best. Like he had like what eight, nine defenses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where did Darby win that title? I don't remember. 
Tell me. Full, full gear. He okay. wanted it full gear. So I'm I bad at trivia, a great, Will. A great place to run this back, which is why we shouldn't be tag partners on Quizlemania. And yet, here you are. Um, but hey, the trivia stuff is not my cup of tea. I'm so bad. Like if, I, if you quiz me like on things that happened yesterday, I'll be like, nah, I don't remember. All right. <laughs> Darby Allen, regardless, is a fairly um, noteworthy TNT champion. So I think he should be Wardlow's challenger at full gear, bringing it full circle back to where Darby Allen won the title. And you know what I think would be a cool crowd pleasing moment? You do a Darby um, Wardlow type match, right? You do the Powerbomb Symphony. Have like after an intense match, Powerbomb Symphony. Wardlow hits uh, Darby with the five power bombs, one, two, and Darby fucking kicks out. Like in one of those desperate moments of like, you know, Darby. Darby will take a beating and keep on ticking. But like in that moment where you think it's over, he even pins him like Wardlow normally pins people in a way that gets women talking on Twitter. Uh, you have Wardlow give the pin to Darby and in the like shock face moment, Darby kicks out. I just think the story just in that moment in itself, being such a dramatic moment would be freaking fantastic. Uh, and of course, Darby still shouldn't win. Nobody should take five power bombs and win the match. But I think he should take them and surprise Ward low by kicking out. I think that'd be a cool moment. It would be a cool moment. And like we said, because we've expected it so much for it that to be like the end of things, it would be a cool moment. And I think like, here's the thing, like, I know some people would be like, no, that's not believable because, you know, Darby's so much smaller. You know, you're going to get that argument. But then there's also the argument that you kind of brought up a little bit there where it's like Darby is like literally the guy that gets thrown down concrete steps and uh -huh. stands up. You know, <laughs> he does things that, you know, none of us here would do. Right. And uh, that's so what I'm saying. it is yeah. somewhat <laughs> believable with Darby. So like after you get past the size difference, you're like okay well i can see darby being that guy that's you know has a death wish type of you know he's that type of guy exactly and i think uh i just think it would be the best story that they could tell out of wardlow's um they just need to brain. you know they need to keep doing stuff like this with wardlow though that's the point that's the oh, point yeah. that i'm trying to get at like he can have any opponent just make it not be the exact same thing over and over um and a couple more things i want to read a few super chats uh, we have this one from, just want to make sure I've got the earliest one. Okay. Sam wants us, will you talk about the new Raw and SmackDown commentators and Kathy Kelly, uh, is back, uh, backstage interview Raw. Um, yeah, I'll talk about that for a second. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Triple H has, uh, he clearly has a vision for two commentator teams. Good. Because... That's a very good thing. We've seen tandems work. Uh, I hope WWE finds a good enough tandem out of this to stick with. They have been changing up commentary so much over the last few years that it finally felt like, hey, they had something with Pat McAfee and Michael Cole, and I hope they do go back to that. But uh, I think Pat McAfee, he's just on another different level now. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it is interesting. Um Okay, Let's I'm be real, talk. Will. No, like, not, no, come on, college say, not, game day. Like, I'm yeah, not, like, a big sports fan. You know, I'm very, very, like, less than casual. But even I know that. Well, I, there was another thing, but uh, I'm not going to bring that up yet. But oh, okay. uh, well, that's it? all for another day. Okay. That said, uh, I think I'm, – I'm hoping they do find some chemistry out of these teams. I hope there was a lot of thought put into 
whether or not Michael Cole and Wade Barrett will work uh, well together. Or um, I think Raw's commentary team, honestly, to me, seems the most odd. And like, oh, Kevin has, and Corey. Yeah, Kevin and Corey. And I'm still just like, because we haven't really last... seen Kevin. I mean, I don't, he was doing, was he doing Raw talk? I think Because I know so. he was doing I mean, backstage de- interviews, obviously, right. but we haven't seen him really other than that, other than that, in that role, right? Yeah. You'll have to tell me just because I'm usually not watching. I'm NXT, kind of nervous but... about the NXT commentary team. <laughs> I, I, I watch that show weekly. I, I got to tell you, Will, I'm a little bit like on edge here where I'm like, look, shit, this better. I'm, I'm gonna... God, this better not be the death of me on Tuesdays. <laughs> I mean, look, Booker T is like the world's best worst commentator and that like everybody loves booker t but nobody loves booker t it's one of those like everybody's in on the joke kind of things because like booker t is a genuinely terrible commentator but it's funny and um you know he there was a bit back when he was a commentator in 2010 where uh it wasn't even really like a bit i think booker t just didn't realize he was doing it but every week he would be like oh this is ezekiel jackson you know, I'd never seen him before. And it's like he literally saw him the week before because he literally wrestled now last week. Now imagine with NXT, whoever, <laughs> whoever here watches NXT 2.0, there is a new personality every five minutes on that show. Right. And Booker T, like, oh, I've never seen this guy. And it's like, but you just saw him last week. Um, and and uh, Booker T just kind of like taking liberties with angles. Like they did the whole Sin Cara uh, where Hunico had to lose the mask thing, and Booker T's like, oh, look at him, he's hideous. And uh, they're like, Booker, he just looks like a guy. What are you talking about? Uh, but Booker had his moments. Absolutely, Booker had his moments. But for the most part, he was almost like a genuinely bad commentator. But It's just interesting that bad. he was chosen for the NXT portion, because I feel you got to have... You got to have a passion for it, man. And I'm not I'm, saying he doesn't. I just don't know if he does. I mean, that guy was also signed to like uh, an absurdly long contract three years ago. And I'm almost certain that he has just a lot of time left that they've got to figure out what to do with. Yeah. Uh, and this Beth Phoenix on commentary. She was actually one of my favorites on NXT. I actually genuinely feel bad, though, for Byron um, in that the... Uh, this is just my speculation, but him being removed from commentary after the shuffle just to me sounds a lot like Tom Phillips, where he was demotion. Yeah, he was demoted. He was Let's demoted. be real. He was demoted and then released. And uh, I'm like, Byron has been a commentator for this company for 12 years, just on TV. It's hard to believe that he's been God, on screen that long. has it been 12 long. years? It's been 12 years. God, I would have said five. <laughs> no, Byron Saxon has been a commentator on WWE television for a really, really, really long time. And I'm talking about, because people forget, he was the ECW commentator when ECW finished. So um, that might even be 13 years. Um, and... You know, he did NXT, and then he was moved to back to main roster. He has been all over. And Kathy I feel Kelly, bad though, for Sarah. Not... They haven't said anything about Sarah. They haven't said anything about Sarah. Um, and she's been there for a couple of years now, too. Excited for Kathy Kelly back. That was like yeah, the one thing. Yeah, good for her. When, I, when Hunter took over, I was immediately like, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Kathy Kelly's coming back. It's just a matter of time. And look, yeah. Kathy Kelly's back. So. She finally got her, you know, official because she did a couple appearances on the main roster. I think on SmackDown, but she never really got her moment on the main roster for like a good period of time, right? Right. Um, after the match was over, by the way, uh, we saw a run-in from FTR. Uh, so first we saw Joe run in to save Wardlow after he's beaten down by the embassy. And then in comes FTR because all of a sudden we're tying all these guys together because Wardlow and FTR are still tied together from the pinnacle. But Joe and Wardlow have been tied together. So now there, there was a big runoff. Good moment. Huge pop for FTR. Uh, it's amazing what that theme song has done for them. And I'll not get over that for a long time. That's because everybody stuff. feels like they're in a video game. It's It's great stuff. Um, so Collins asks, sorry if this was mentioned, it hasn't been, but do you think that Willow is the person to dethrone Jade? I think she should be. Uh, is Jade's, uh, nat natural step after the TBS title, the AEW women's title? Probably. I don't think she's going to lose it this week, but I do think that there is a story there if they want to tell it, which is that if you remember back at, I want to say that was Road Rager, um, Jade defended the TBS title against Willow Nightingale and beat her. And then on this Dynamite, Willow uh, made a challenge to Jade, and Jade said, don't you get tired of getting your ass beat? And Jade's probably going to win here. But I think they should, a couple months more down the line, have Willow step up to the challenge again, and Jade in Jade mode is like, again, all right, let's do this. And then that's where Willow beats her. In a... Um, in a very like third time's a charm kind of way, Jade was so confident having beaten her twice already that she thought that uh, Willow was going to be a walk in the park and then Willow walks away with the championship. That would be my story if I told it that way. I don't think it's happening at Battle of the Belts, but I do think that it is the thing to happen. Here's the thing. I love the story that you painted. And you were the first person that mentioned Willow Nightingale when we did our show. God, I don't remember what show it was that we were talking about this. Um, I and think it was the Ring of Honor post show. No. Uh, you no. sure? I, yeah. No, because I didn't do a Ring of Honor post show. Yeah, we did. did. I, do, we, I did a Ring of Honor post show. We did the Ring of Honor for the last Ring of we Honor. We did the Ring of Honor post show? That was us. <laughs> I forgot. You see what I mean? I forgot already. Yeah, we did the Ring and of I Honor And I was there. Show. And she wrestled on that show. No, but we didn't talk about it there. No, you're wrong, Will. Okay, okay we'll see. You know see. where we talked about it? We where talked about it uh, during our all-out prediction show. Okay. With you, me, and Phil. Pro you're probably right, but I feel yes. like I've had that. But I feel like I've had that thought before. Then, so okay. Maybe, well, I'm sure you know. did because you were the one who brought it up. And the second yeah. you brought it up, I was like, "Yes, this is it. This is what I want. I'm here for it." Now. I'm gonna be real with you. I love your story, and I would even—I actually prefer your what you just said over what I'm gonna say. But I'm still gonna say it just because I feel like Battle of the Ballots really doesn't feel like—they haven't really built it up to feel like a big show that you like have to have to watch. And so personally, I do think that they should do some sort of a surprise on that show. And if they have a surprise with Willow winning, you know what? I might like that. Yeah, I just. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's going to be the case here yet. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm reading uh, your, I know you will. I know you. I'm not going to say anything, but I know you. I know exactly what you're thinking right now. I know exactly what you're thinking right now. Okay. Um, 
Roland says, "Hey, Will and Denise, do you think that Captain Sean Dean will get an AEW Championship match from against MJF at the Thanksgiving Dynamite Chicago? God, that'd be amazing. I didn't even think about that, but that would actually be the best thing they could do on the Thanksgiving Dynamite. I would fly out for that. No, I wouldn't because I wouldn't be back in time for Thanksgiving. But Sean Dean's my dude. He's made appearances on Grapsity. Um, I love Sean Dean, and I think that." That would be an amazing story, especially considering Sean Dean is 2-0 against MJF in 2022. If anybody would deserve the first shot against MJF, it's Sean Dean. And to do it in Sean Dean's hometown of Chicago, ugh. It'd be nice. It'd be really nice. That's a chef's kiss. And they can easily say, like, this is why, you know? Yeah. There's a reason there. That would be great stuff. I would love that. Uh, anime otaku says kind of want a regal ordinary proper villain shirt after that comment on commentary great stuff uh regal is always good on commentary Regal's always got some interesting stuff that he's saying Orion i can't keep up with him 666 says folks who say cage can't wrestle never saw lucha underground pwg i mean most people didn't uh in that i swear hears it all the time that wait he was in Lucha Underground. That okay, but with PWG, can you bl- can you blame the people though? It's like you either go to the show live, or I think they're still doing their stuff on what high spots. Yeah, you're, it's you're, not easily accessible. It, it's not easily accessible. And then Lucha Underground, one of my favorite shows, uh, was definitely a niche thing. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I wasn't part of that fandom. Yeah. Sorry. Graham B says Wardlow's Disturbed theme came back. No, uh, they've been like switching it up. So now they like kept the intro from. Wardlow's new theme and then it switches to his original theme uh which I think somebody should at least work to like match the tempos of the two EVP of talent relations or EVP of talent relations head of creative says hashtag free Nigel McGinnis um sure uh does he want out what's he even doing uh Alex Luna says uh, I don't know where FTR goes now. I know they have a lot of obligations with IWGP and ROH and AAA, but do they lose the titles? Go ahead. Yeah, say it, say it, say it. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to make fun of you, Will. You tried. It was a nice effort. You, yeah, you'll save that for I loved when it, we're though. Usually you said it half in English and half in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> but AAA, ah. Yes. Do they lose the titles, then win the AEW tag titles? Does anybody want them to win the AEW tag titles right now? Because uh, there's a really hot act that's currently got them. Um, Yeah. uh, So we saw a six-woman tag match. But before the tag match, we had a message from Britt Baker. And Britt says to the world, sorry to disappoint you all. Soraya is not cleared to wrestle. Just thought I'd let you all know. Sincerely yours, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And of course, my work meter goes off and I'm like, oh, she is cleared to wrestle. Cool. Um, and so we got entrances from all of the above. Uh, big reaction for Jamie Hayter. Uh, and they know it. That's why she got to come out last. That's why she got to, to really benefit from the pop there. Um, we had Soraya come out first. She's followed by uh willow nightingale good reaction for her as well and then athena and then athena's like she comes and does her wings thing and i i get what they were trying to do they were supposed to cut to 
the full screen Tron of Tony Storms. And while they were at the full screen Tron, the stage hand was going to grab Athena's wings, but the stage hand ran out too soon or they didn't cut soon enough. But regardless, you just see the stage hand run out. And I'm like, is somebody about to attack Athena? What is this? And then when you see them grab her wings, like then they cut away. Uh, I thought that was very funny. I laughed hard at that. I like this match though. Um, I thought that everybody got the show out. This was really a showcase for Willow Nightingale. And but again, Jamie Hader, no slouch. They made sure that Jamie got to get her showcase in there. Uh, crowd was into it, and Willow got the victory over Penelope Ford, or as Booker T once put it, Penelope Ford. So, Do you say that Penelope? It's one of my favorite quotes ever. Oh yeah, Booker T said Penelope Ford. I don't know. No, I've never stop it. it. Yes, he did. It's so I crazy. didn't know that. Penelope. 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 Penelope forward. So um, I, I watched that clip. Like, if I'm ever in a bad mood, I pull up Booker T saying Penelope forward. Please and... send me that. I, <laughs> yes, I, I, I have bad days too, Will. That, that, that's why I'm looking forward to him on commentary a little bit. Cause, like, oh, thanks, Will. Yeah, thanks. Because we know. But. Uh, so it was already a great moment for uh, for Willow Nightingale. She got the victory over uh, over Penelope Ford. And then after the match was over, there's a stare down between Britt Baker and Soraya. And it turns into a brawl. I hate that Andrade and Sammy Guevara dominated the news cycle because this is freaking news. This is this should be a huge deal that we actually saw Soraya get physical in there. And that absolutely means that she's not on the no contact list, that there's stuff happening, that this is probably leading to the match with Britt Baker. And it's not the story. And I hate that it wasn't the story. It wasn't even a talked about thing outside of a couple of tweets, but like, this is a really big deal that Soraya went in there and brawled with Britt Baker. And that tells me that we're headed to it soon. And I think it's like full gear soon. I hope so. That would be a not, that would be awesome. But um, I love that they completely did a 180 with the women's segment because we, you know, we talked about the women's segment last week and how it was necessarily not the greatest. In fact, it was not good at all. Okay. I'm so happy that they, like I said, did a full 180 on this. This match was awesome. Uh, top to bottom. All the girls had a moment to like show their skills. Uh, one of the things that I was, uh, that I tweeted about was Penelope Ford when she did that back arc and then she went into the cutter. cutter? Dude, I was impressed by that. I know that's that not the way so it was great. supposed to go, but it was one of those moments where I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to eat shit right now. This is going to be so bad. And then she did it. <laughs> Even commentary, I think it was Taz who was like, oh shit, like I forgot what he said, but he had some sort of reaction to it. And it was it was kind of a moment there where it stood out to me. Um, anyways, but I love this match. I thought it was great. Everybody did a phenomenal job. I was happy for Willow as well. Um, the the you know, the Britt Baker Soraya part. Good stuff there. Just keep it short and brief, and you know, we can read in between the lines. You know, I will say this though. Because when Britt Baker did that promo, it, everybody knew, okay, that means she's cleared, right? I would have actually liked it if they never did that promo. And instead, we just got them going at it like they did on the show. Because then everybody would be like, wait, hold the hold the phone. I mean, I, w- I will say I, uh, I saw a lot of people buy that, though. I saw, like, 
of course, you know, if you have like a little. It was super obvious, though. It was super obvious. I saw a lot of people on Twitter buying it. I saw a lot of people who were like, damn. Um, Why would Britt Baker be the one I know, right? It makes no sense. <laughs> but. Uh, I was going to say, she's a dentist. <laughs> No, it was super obvious. I think I, they could have actually done without it. Yeah, they probably could have. I think um, I would have been. I think it would have been a bigger reaction. Right? Probably. I don't know. I mean, I, I think know. there was a reaction regardless, just because. Oh my god, she got physical. We've got some shit to see, and this is going to be great. Uh, so, I love how they kind of strung us along for a little bit, though, because Soraya came out the first week, no contact. Uh, second week. Soraya said, I am damaged but not broken, which should have been the um the the indicator that she knows that she's gonna she's planning on doing something soon. And then week three it was like, nope, the brawl's happening. I thought that was really cool. And guess what it does? It uh sends us off into a second um possible women's program on the show. Love that. <laughs> Uh, I will absolutely take that. Sorry, I just got a text that's wrestling related. Um, is it good? Is it juicy? Uh, is it a juicy text? Or is it just not like a juicy text? It's... Uh, no, it's... it's Seems uh, serious, the, Will. Yeah, it is. But uh, oh. we're okay. So the, the next segment. The next segment was the one. The one. It was talked about all day long. Because it was National Scissoring Day. Oh shit! I missed my own fingers. Oh, <laughs> I could never do it. Day. Ow! That kind of hurts. <laughs> Sorry. Can I tell you, Denise Salcedo? Why do you have to say my whole name? Just say Denise. Makes me uncomfortable. Does it really? Jeremy does Den it too. He's like Denise Salcedo, and I'm like, just say Denise. The name's Denise Salcedo. Yeah, but you don't got to say the whole thing. I don't say Will Washington. You could. I don't care. No, you're Will. <laughs> okay. Denise Salcedo. So. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Just Denise. <laughs> so. The. Uh, I liked everything about this segment. I thought. I had worries about it. I had worries going into it. That. Ah, oh, crap. They're going to run the scissoring thing into the ground. And by the end of this, it's not going to be cool anymore. And. Uh. I loved everything about this. Uh, I thought Anthony Bowens was so good here. I've heard Anthony Bowens speak, and I tweeted this. I tweeted that he's always been a good order, and we knew he was a good order. But who freaking knew that he had the crowd control he has? Um, and I just – he talked about everything. It talked about the uh, all the success they've had. I thought – uh max caster being a hype man behind him was actually really cool and a nice change of their dynamic uh billy gunn then gets on the mic talks about it being daddy ass's house max caster here got a little sentimental he's very rarely reminds us and for those who don't know max caster's dad is former nfl player rich caster he is a super bowl champion it's a true story and but he rarely ever talks about that that's not a thing he runs on he's not like a hey guess what my dad won the super bowl my dad is a my former dad NFL famous player. <laughs> yeah no doesn't run with any of that never mentions it and so 
this was one of the rare times he addressed that because he talked about Washington, D.C. being special to him because his dad played there. And then they were like, Washington, D.C. is so divided, but we're going to bring the country together with the first ever bipartisan scissor. And crowd was hanging on to this every second. And then Swerve Strickland's music hits. Massive heat. Oh, my God. The booze were so good. Swerve makes his way out. He talks about how they're going to get their Billy Gunn's going to succeed in getting middle school kids in trouble just like they did 20 years ago. He talked about this being the most ridiculous thing he's ever seen in his life. And he's got a beef with Billy Gunn for interfering in his match. And he wants Billy Gunn one on one. He wants him next week in Toronto. And then Mark Sterling came out and got beat up by the three of them. What did you think? All right. So first and foremost, I feel like this was a very feel-good moment. Like, put this in the feel-good Netflix category because everybody, like, this was a pretty lengthy segment. Like, it went on for a bit. And I will tell you that not at one moment did I feel like it was dragging. I knew it was going on for a a, a good amount of time, but it didn't feel like a drag or anything like that. And uh, I completely agree with you in regards to what you said about Anthony Bowens. He definitely held the crowd. Uh, He got people feeling his passion for something that they knew that they got over. And then on top of that, Max Caster, when he went in there and then I kind of got a little nervous because, you know, they started to get into like the political aspect of it. And you know how that stuff goes, man. Like we ain't going to be agreeing on anything these days. And so I kind of got like a little bit nervous. I thought, okay, where are they going to go with this? How is this going to, you know, how is this fitting into what they're doing with their national scissoring day? But I actually think that whole promo that he cut about the no red, no blue, no left, no right. We wear pink type of thing that he said. I thought it felt really nice like everybody accepted it when they told the entire crowd to do the scissoring together that was so freaking nice i think top to bottom this is uh i think top to bottom we got more out of this national scissoring day than i completely expected i personally and i will say this was my favorite part and this had nothing to do really with what was happening in the ring this actually had to do with the fans my favorite part of this was how many people went out of their ways to create their own scissors and we saw so many scissors in the crowd i just thought that's freaking awesome you don't see that very often where a collective of people say i'm gonna take pretty much like you know the similar thing to as a sign right and i just thought that was really nice that was my favorite thing of this yeah i i I won't say that was my favorite thing, but that's uh, a very cool factor in all of it. You know, Max Caster's interesting. He toes an interesting line because he um, he m- mentions politics a lot. And his politics are really difficult for me to figure out because on one end, he I will like take it. shots at, at Cuomo. He is taking shots at Biden. He does it all the time, right? But then uh, famously... He has mentioned gun control like 10 times in his raps, and he loves making sure people know he does not support guns. And uh, uh, the when he was with the gun club, that was like an easy line for him with the only guns we uh, support are the ass boys. Um, he said the Second Amendment should be repealed, and he said that in Texas for heat. Um, it's hard to know where... <laughs> I think he's more so of like a case by case. He seems to me like a case by case uh, basis kind of person where, you know, everybody thinks that you have to be completely left. You have to be completely right. Right. right? Well, it's like, well, you know, sometimes, you know, it depends on the issue. Right. For a lot of people. So I think that's I don't know. That's my read of it. That's my I don't know if that's an accurate read. Yeah, I think, honestly, he seems to really fall like socially very much in the middle. And it's really interesting. Uh, But. 
uh, I'm glad he's still able to incorporate it in every single thing he does because uh, I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, somebody in the chat said he's a moderate, and he probably is. Um, but the uh, what else? So yeah, I, I thought Swerve here was great. I always think Swerve is great, of course. But I thought he was moment great for him thought, to get some good heat. He got good heat. He's been getting great heat lately, and he his facial expressions with all of it have been great. I think that uh, he's really leapfrogging a lot of people as the next up and coming heel in AEW. A um, couple more things to talk about. There was Roosh versus Adam Page. It was a match. This is good, but it was. And I think I had the same feelings for this one as I did with Darby and Jay Lethal. I was expecting mm -hmm. a little bit more from this one, but it was still fine nonetheless. It just really wasn't that much to. You've just seen better from both guys. Yeah. Uh, but this was really to set up things that happened afterwards, which was Adam Page confronted by John Moxley. Um, this was. This is really one of the last, like, hasn't happened in AEW matches left of the major ones from day one which is kind of crazy when he said it too i was like oh yeah <laughs> yeah no they have only been in the ring together two times uh the first was on the third episode of dynamite in a tag match which was him and pack uh, it was moxley and pack versus hangman and kenny um and of course moxley and pack did not get along and it ended with pack taking a paradigm shift and then uh the very next week we got pack versus moxley but uh the only other time was that ladder match a year ago today where uh hangman was the surprise entrant and moxley was also in that match only two time that those guys have shared a ring so they are headed for a collision course on tuesday october 18th where the tuesday night war reignites from the ashes of the wednesday night war and we see aew go head to head what are you gonna do what, what's your show gonna be i'm so excited for what your post show is for what this friday no that tuesday tuesday the 18th Ah, shit. I hadn't thought about it until right now. Thanks, Will. <laughs> what are you going to do? You've I got... guess I'll figure it out when I get closer. Are wait, you going to so, watch it? So, wait, paint that picture again to me. Where are we at? It's NXT versus Dynamite again. Shit, I didn't even head, think about it. Head to head. I might, I might just do a Dynamite. <laughs> I'll be real with you. Damn, thanks, because I hadn't thought about it. I've been so focused on this week because, you know, there's SmackDown, there's Battle of the Belts, and I still got to watch uh, Bound for Glory. I've been mm -hmm. so focused on that that I didn't think about all this other stuff. Well, I'm on a day-by-day -day basis. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to plan for your Wednesday night or your Tuesday night <sighs> war show. The Tuesday night war. We're back. God, I remember when I was watching both shows simultaneously. I can't do that anymore. I'm done. I'm too old for that. <laughs> I know. Uh, who? I, I don't. I mean, I feel like both are going to stack the shows. Like, that's the whole reason Tony stacked this show, knowing that. Okay, yeah, they, but they, okay, they, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm they're done. They're putting the, um, I mean, it's more so because he knows he's on a Tuesday night. They got booted um, to Tuesday, and it was like, well got to make this show special make one of people want to tune in and it's going to be adam page versus john moxley that's the match they're giving him on tuesday like i said i'm not gonna say anything yeah okay i'm not gonna say my opinion on this <laughs> we had luchasaurus expecting to be <laughs> luchasaurus squashed fuego but it was more about the after promo from um from jungle boys matter of fact i saw somebody point out that this show was really a love letter to the four pillars and that we saw uh 
you know, the opening match saw MJF get the victory. Darby <laughs> Allen got a victory against Jay Lethal. Um, Jungle Boy got to, to get on the mic and basically let Luchasaurus know what's up. And then the main event saw Sammy Guevara win. The four pillars all kind of look strong on one show. And yeah, I mean, they announced that next week in Canada, we're going to see Luchasaurus one-on-one with Jungle Boy. I'm interested in what that's going to be like. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. Uh, I thought the promo work that Jungle Boy did was good on this episode. I really liked the part where he said, you broke my heart. I was like, oh, Nicholas Sparks, write a book about this. (laughs) My heart. The crowd even went, oh. Right, right. That was good. That was really good. I like that. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how this is going to play out. I'm just like ready for... They've been doing a good job with really getting those emotions into this whole story. And I think that they just need to keep it that way. Yes. So whatever they do, just make sure that, I don't know, have the fans having that like emotional connection to this story. Because you're supposed to. They were friends. They were besties, you know? Come on. Mm -hmm. And finally, in the main event, the La Sex Gods, Jericho Jericho Appreciation Society's own Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara took on and defeated uh, the team affectionately referred to on uh, Twitter. It was the team of Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, as people were calling them. Oh, God, Um, that just messes with my brain. (laughs) And Daniel Bryan. We're not (laughs) successful here, but. Stop, it's confusing me, Will. I know it's like I'm saying Daniel Bryan, but I also yeah, have to say yeah. It, but, but I still have to say it uh, plurally. So this was great. I really like this match. Uh, I thought that look, the crowd was not gonna let Sammy um, have anything here. The moment he did anything in this match, it was like <sighs> I felt like this was know. the it's... official turn from the crowd on Sammy because even before, like he would still get booed, right? But for the most part, if he had like a shining moment in the match or a great match, people would be like, yeah, you know, applause, applause. But this time around, it was like, nah, like no matter what he did, people were like, no, F you, Sammy, or you still suck, Sammy. You know, that's they, sort of- they chanted. Yeah, you still suck. They chanted, fuck you, Sammy. Um, now, granted. All of those chants have existed for people before. Um, famously, but it felt different for this one. I was going to say famously, like. John Cena used to get fuck you Cena and whenever he'd do something it was like oh that was kind of impressive the crowd would go you still suck like it reminded me a little bit of that but I recognize there's there's still vitriol behind this one that actually did kind of exist for Cena but it wasn't so much personal as much as they were just like we just think you're lame yeah Um, it wasn't like a specific it, it was it was different I think yeah it was very different but every time he came in the ring no matter what he did the crowd booed him um it was honestly to me fine wrestling heat until they chanted Idolo. And then I was like, oh, crap. Were they chanted uh, what now? Idolo. Oh, I didn't even catch that they chanted that. Yeah, when they were chanting that in the match, then I'm like... And oh, I think this, they couldn't make it out what they were chanting. Right. By that point, I had already talked to like four people, and I'm like, I don't think people realize... Uh, they, I was like, oh my God, fans are like kind of misinformed on this. And it's I'm not, like, kinda... I feel like this is one of the situations where it's not like you're on one guy's side and not on the other guy's side because I do think that they both had fault in right. this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And once that they started chanting for Andrade, I'm like, fuck. 
I'm like, now we're reaching like misinformed territory. Now we're reaching, now we've reached the point where they've taken a side in that issue and don't recognize what the actual issue is. Right. And but that uh, always happens, right? That's going to happen in all walks of life. You see yes. that all over the internet. Now, uh, the thing people were most upset with was that Sammy got the victory. Sammy not only got the victory, but he was hoisted up by the Jericho Appreciation Society uh, after Jericho clocked Daniel Garcia with the belt. It seemed Daniel Garcia had a great showing here. Um, I thought he looked like a million bucks taking all of Sammy's flurry of offense and uh, ultimately almost had it. But Jericho broke the code of honor again. He cheated, used the belt as a weapon, and then looked on in disappointment at Daniel Garcia on the ground as Jericho Appreciation Society hoisted up Sammy Guevara, Jericho's original protege. I liked the story here. I liked all of this. I thought that... um, I talked to people in AEW. I was like, I actually did like this, and I got the story they were going for. And it's unfortunate that because of the backstage situation, people read that not as the story they were trying to tell, which was simply that, you know, Jericho's sports entertainment guy beat the the wrestler and Jericho had, you know, this moment of looking at his new protege in disappointment. They just saw it as, oh, look, Sammy's being rewarded. I didn't think that at all. Um, and obviously without that finish, you can't tell that story. So therefore, because I saw people saying, oh, they could have changed the match to Jake Hager. How do you change this to Jake Hager? If you change this to Jake Hager, you don't have this match. Um, I've also seen, well, maybe Sammy should have taken the pin. But then again, again, then you don't have this loss. Uh, you don't have the loss to put on Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia going into the title match next week. A lot of elements needed what was happening here. I get why they went with that finish. I'm glad it wasn't in my hands because I don't know what I would have done in that case if everybody wanted me to change the the finish. And, I, and when I say everybody, I mean the fans. Like I said, I talked to people who were like, nah, the show was already planned at this stage. What were we supposed to do? Yeah, bad, all I can say is bad timing for it all, really. Because you can't help but for the fans to be like reading into it. Of course you're going to read into it. Shit, even I read into it. Everyone reads into it. And it was just one of those things that, and it sucked because it really like, you can tell like the crowd just kind of like had no reaction to that. They were just kind of like, oh, this is what we're doing. And it was, it didn't feel like a satisfying ending to the show. And a lot of people were definitely upset by it. And, you know, obviously there were still a lot of unanswered questions because at this point, the big question that everybody was asking themselves is why was Andrade the only one that got sent home and why not Sammy, right? Like that was the big thing. And at that moment, people were reacting to that only knowing that fact. Yes. And now, like I said, now that there's more information out about that, I hope that, like I get it. I know that people don't like Sammy. I know why people don't like Sammy. Not stupid. I read everything. Um, you do. And, and uh, <laughs> I, I think just in this instance, I don't know what else people expected. Um, but of course, that's not knowing all the details. I guess with the details you got, which, you know, TMZ, and the word going around right now is that the TMZ story came from Andrade's camp. So, of course... It's not necessarily. Yeah, because it was totally different. Like it based <laughs> based on what we got from TMZ, it didn't make any sense at all to be like, oh, well, you know, Sammy was the one that did this, this and that. But Andrade was the one that got sent home. Yeah. 
So uh, it wasn't <laughs> making sense. And that's all we had at the moment. Right. And I think we'll probably get, uh, I think we've gotten as much clarity on the story as we're going to get, but that's it. That's dynamite. The one year, one year, three year anniversary, the one year of the two year anniversary, I guess. But how did it do in the ratings? Well, let's see. It's that time of the show and AEW dynamite for October 5th, 2022 did 1,038,000 viewers, which was good for the number two spot on cable. It was right behind the real housewives of Beverly Hills. It did a, where's my, uh, rating. It did a 0.36. No, wait, that was real housewives. Um, go real housewives. Look at them thriving. My mom loves the Real Housewives. That sounds like your mom. Having met your mom, that absolutely (laughs) sounds like your mom. Um, She's a a great lady, by the way, who um, has has fantastic Denise Salcedo stories. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, So it did a point three three. Okay, there we are. Um, And... That's it. That's that's dynamite. Well, good for them. Staying up that one million mark. Good. I'm curious. I want to see the uh, the quarter hours because this was the longest edition of Dynamite ever. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going on being one of our longest day after Dynamites because um, I got to like peace out here in like 60 seconds. So, um, but I'm curious how the quarters did because having that extra quarter obviously meant having seven matches. Uh, somebody in the chat asked, Will, are you getting the Pixel 7 Pro? Maybe. I was planning on it, but do you see this? I accidentally cracked the screen on my uh, Pixel 6. Just did it yesterday. I'm very upset about this. And I was planning on trading this one in for the seven. So don't know. Now you can't. You're done, Will. I know. Anyway, folks, Denise Salcedo, it was here and here is here. Um, (laughs) Denise, I don't know. I was trying to say words. Uh, Oh, somebody's pointing me to a super chat saying, don't forget the super chat. Okay, I won't forget the super chat. Thank you. Well, Um, get it together. Come on, D.A.D. Oh, it's Chris. He says, hi, Will and Denise. Very much enjoyed National Scissor Day. Still think we need foam fingers. They made Orange Cassidy ones. Why not the acclaimed? Yeah, I feel like those should be here very soon. Yeah, Um, I'm totally going to get one. So they need to like get on it because I want a little foam finger. Yes. Just for fun. Uh, And let's make sure I didn't miss any more Humper Chats. I did not. Okay, Denise. Yeah, all right. Well, you don't know you. Where, Where can they find you? Well, first and foremost, this Monday, you and I will be doing the Raw Post Show since Sean will be traveling. So that's going to be fun. Uh, people really loved our last Raw Post Show. So please make sure to check that out. And then, um, oh, God, there's just so much. Okay, really quickly. Uh, after the week on Sunday on my YouTube channel, Will and I are there each and every single Sunday. And it's a very different type of show. So if you guys want to check it out, please make sure you do so. That's YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. And then Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm still trying to get to 100K, man. I'm struggling right now. Get get Denise to 100K. Denise, thank you for being here. Thank you for being my guest. Not that we're not like joined at the hip because we're literally doing two other shows in less than a week. So uh, otherwise, folks, I'm Will Washington. This has been Day After Dynamite. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.